Hallelujah. This is our year of what? Of the overflow. Hallelujah. I'm going to do um, a quick um, uh, uh, exercise this morning. And uh, I, I want you to cooperate with me uh, this morning. It's just going to be short and brief before we go into the message of uh, the day. I did this exercise at home. I want to see if uh, the result will be the same here. Uh, so I'm going to um, mention the word. And uh, immediately you see the image of that word in your heart. If you can picture that word, just raise up your hands immediately. I want to see how fast you can picture that word. It's, it's just a simple exercise. There is it's no pass or fail in this exercise. Uh, don't worry. Hallelujah. Okay, the first word I want to mention here is, um, uh, it's, if I say Mercedes Benz, I've not seen any hands. Okay. Somebody says which class? So the, the question is not the class. The question is, what do you see? So Mercedes Benz. Okay. All right. So when I say bottle, okay, it seems, it seems, it seems for some of us, there is no image that is formed in our hearts. There is no image that is formed. When I say goats, Hallelujah. When I did this exercise at home and I said Mercedes Benz, you know, and then the hand went up, I asked the question. I, I said, did you see Mercedes Benz or did you see a car? What exactly did you see? So at that point, my daughter took time to think about it. And the next thing she said was, Ah, I've seen Mercedes-Benz before. Obviously, it was not Mercedes-Benz that was the image in her heart as at when I mentioned Mercedes-Benz. So my question is this. Did you actually see Mercedes-Benz in your heart? Somebody asked which class. Obviously, that shows some level of kind of confusion or conflicting signal in the heart. That means there was an image, but he could not place it. He didn't know what to see. So I mentioned bottled at home, and then the image they saw was water. I wasn't talking about water. So what did you see when I mentioned bottle? Did you actually see a bottle? Or your mind had been configured to think water when you hear bottle? Were you wondering in your heart and asking yourself, is it a plastic bottle or a breakable bottle, like the glass bottle? What exactly do you see? When I said goods, what exactly did you see? Did you have any image in your heart? Did you see anything? The last one I'm going to mention, I want you to raise your hands up as soon as you see the image. And I might just give you the mic to tell us what you've seen. When I mention overflow, okay, only two people, three, four, five, overflow, overflow. So what image of overflow do you see? It is the year of what? Our overflow. What did you see in your heart, ma? Well, I saw like a cup and then the water was flowing out of it and then spreading to, it was like a cup on the table and the, the water was, it was like something was pouring from one end and the water was flowing on the other end and it was spilling all over the table. Hallelujah. She saw a cup, water being poured into a cup, and it overflowed. It's a year of the overflow. Each time, even while the choir were ministering, 
they mentioned the overflow. But what picture of overflow do you have in your heart? What image of the overflow? Do you, do you even have any uh, image at all? Or you just tag along, it's a year of the overflow. Or you just come in here and then uh, it, we make our confession. We see and we experience the overflow this year. But really you did not see. Because there is no image. You are shouting overflow, overflow, overflow. But that word does not form a picture in your heart. It is vague. You cannot interpret that word. You cannot give an image to that word. You cannot see anything. The only thing you see is the O, the V, the E, the R, and the flow. Aside that, there is nothing. I struggled some with, with this message because I felt overflow. We've talked about overflow uh, in almost every meeting, even during our statute, right? But when God began to deal with me concerning this, and he was asking me that what image do we see when we hear the overflow? We remember when God was talking to Abraham. He said, look, as far as your eyes can see, and I always want to wonder, I always want to picture some of the things I read in the scripture. I want to bring it to reality. Fine, there are buildings all over here. But supposing I'm in a desert and I'm looking, how far can I see? What Abraham saw, can he, it be compared to what he experienced? If what he saw was what he experienced or was a, 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 an overflow, what, or an overflow of what he saw was what he experienced, what did he really see? Was he looking with his physical eyes? Or did he have an image in his heart? Was he seen just with the natural eyes? Or was he seen with the eyes of his heart? He says, as far as you can see. And a lot happened in his life. We followed his story on and on. And we saw how God blessed and multiplied him. If you look at his story, all he had... All the wars that he, he, he won, all the servants uh, that, that, that were accrued to him. Will you say that it is a result of what he saw in his physical eyes? With his physical eyes? It couldn't have been. It couldn't have been. So God said, look. And he looked with his inner eyes. Is our year of the overflow. What are you seeing? What image is formed in your heart? What image? You know, the first question you want to ask at times is this. What really does the overflow mean? What does it mean to you? Have you been able, because those are part of the things that I do. When a word comes at times, uh, the way I meditate on words, uh, 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 prophecies and all that at times is I go and pick the words, I, I, I accept the prophecy in context, I look at it in context, then I try to pick the words uh, that are strong in my heart. And I take time to look at the meaning in the dictionary. We've been talking about the overflow. Have we taken time to even look at what an overflow means? To meditate on that word overflow. In which area will you need that word? In which area will that word apply to you? And so the meaning from the dictionary, it says to flow over bounds. Overflow means to flow over bounds. For a space, it says to fill a space to capacity and spread beyond the limits. It spreads beyond the limits. So God is saying this morning that if you have a limitation, you qualify for an overflow. You qualify for an overflow. He says there's a bound. There's a boundary. But the overflow will go beyond that boundary. There is a capacity 
but the overflow will exceed that capacity. There is a limitation, but you will break beyond that limitations. So when you have bounds, when you have limitations, uh, when you have a, a, a cap, don't just settle for it. Just know that because there is a boundary, because there is a limitation, because there is something that is blocking your path, you qualify for an overflow. So God is saying, irrespective of what is hindering you, irrespective of the state that you find yourself, for the fact that something is hindering you, for the fact that man has placed a limit on you, for the fact that man has said to you, you cannot go beyond this point. That alone is enough reason for you to desire and to experience an overflow. How does overflow happen? We just say that if a space has a capacity, overflow will go beyond that capacity. Let's assume that the capacity of this auditorium is 200 people, 200 seats. When we are talking about an overflow, what happens? That means it goes beyond 200 and it spreads outside. But how does it happen or happens? So we are 50. We go out on evangelism. People come in and then we become 70. And then we become 80, 100. Please help me with that cup. And then on and on, we'll now get to 200. Then we get to 201, 2010, 250, we spread outside. But one thing that I've come to understand when it comes to overflow, overflow does not just happen. That's why I'm asking that what is the image that you have in your mind? I've said I will not be tempted to drink this Coke. It's for illustration purpose. Because I need you to have an image in your mind. How does overflow happen? Because the image you have in your heart matters. It matters. So what happens? You are expecting an overflow. What image? You are looking for a situation where it just happened. And there is an overflow. This is a cup. Pastor Shade just told us what she saw when I said overflow. And then... And then... And then, and then, the first thing you notice is that before you can get to an overflow, there must be an increase. If you cannot believe God for an increase, I doubt if you will see an overflow. There will always be an increase. So on your way to the overflow, is you holding on to God for increase? Is you trusting God for increase? Is you taking it step a step at a time? Believing him and trusting him. Thank God that Reverend is teaching us on faith. Applying your faith on a daily basis. You are not expecting an increase anywhere and you are shouting overflow, overflow, overflow. You can't see an increase in what you are doing and you are shouting overflow. You can't trust God for an increase in your income and you are shouting overflow. You can't trust God for an increase in the number of customers that you receive per day and you are shouting overflow. Overflow does not come without an increase. You must first believe God for an increase. And when you believe him for an increase, you will sure experience overflow. You will sure experience overflow. So if I continue to increase, to increase, it will get to a stage where this cup will overflow. But it didn't just come at once. Bit by bit. What image 
of the overflow are you seeing? God is not a magician. He's not a magician. He's not a magician. As it gradually increases you, you are sure that you are going to experience the overflow. So when you are shouting overflow, are there places that you are expecting God to do or to increase you? Even are there places that God is increasing you and you are not even seeing, you are not noticing? Because there's a place of you visualizing, seeing, and having a picture in your heart each time you hear that word overflow. So it does not just become a tautology when it comes to you. We're going to look at the scripture this morning from First Kings, Second Kings, chapter four. Second Kings, chapter four. It says, "One of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah. He said, "Your servant, my husband, has died. You know that your servant feared God." Another translation says that you know that your servant reverenced God. He said, another one says, your servant is devoted to God. So he said, you know that your servant fears God. Now the creditors, a prophet that was owing, that left Bese down for the wife. May we not find ourselves in that situation. We will leave enough for our children's children in the name of Jesus. He says, now the creditors is coming to take my two children as slaves. Elijah asks her, what can I do for you? Tell me. What do you have in your house? She said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go and borrow empty containers from everywhere. From all your neighbors. Do not get just a few. Then go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour oil into all those containers. Set the full ones aside. So she left. After she had shut the door behind her and her sons, they kept bringing her containers and she kept pouring it in. When they were full, she said to her son, bring me another container. But he replied, there aren't anymore. Then the oil stopped. The oil ceased. I just said that once you know that there is a boundary, you are qualified for what for an overflow. Another thing we can see here that qualifies you for an overflow is lack. Are you in need? Is the need pressing? Do you have lack? Are you in a situation where you desire a change in your finances? In your material things? In your health? Are you lacking in any area of your life? Once you can establish that there is a lack in your life, you qualify for an overflow. You qualify for an overflow. I want you to begin to change the picture in your heart each time you hear about the word overflow. Tie it to something and say, because I'm in need of this, I qualify. And that overflow will come, how? By increase. Things will gradually change. Increase will gradually come. And before you know it, you will experience that overflow. A little deviation. He says that this is a wife of a prophet. A prophet that fears God. A prophet that reverences God. A prophet that respects God. A prophet that is devoted to God. Yet he was poor. Yet he lacked. Poverty and lack does not respect your relationship with God. You must know how to handle it. That's why it's funny when you say, I've been an usher since 20 years, nothing has changed in my life. 
who come poverty. It's not by your relationship. You already taught us. You don't pray about the mountain. You do what? You speak to the mountain. If you think because you have a relationship with God, poverty will go away or lack will go away, it's a lie. That is not how it works. That relationship is supposed to empower you. It's supposed to give you wisdom. It's supposed to give you understanding how to conquer that lack, how to put that poverty in its place. He reverenced God, a man of God. He feared God. He was devoted to God, yet he had lack. He was serving someone that has unlimited supply, yet he has lack. So it's not about, you need to know how to address it. The scripture says that he was a good man. Being good does not necessarily mean you will not lack. But you need to understand how to address lack. Hallelujah. But if you have lack, you are qualified for what? For the overflow. But you need to know how to work it. How to channel it. Praise the Lord. In this same uh, chapter 4, if we go down to verse 11, it says, one day, he came there and stopped and went to the room upstairs. Okay, um, we're back to verse 8. One day, Elisha went to Shunem. A prominent woman who lived there persuaded him to eat some food. Uh, another a version says a rich woman. This one says a notable woman. He said he persuaded Elijah. And then, so whenever he passed by, he stopped there to eat. I love this, uh, 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 this particular verse. He says the woman persuaded it's as good as the woman was begging him to be of help. Yoruba has an adage that if a pin gets stuck in your leg, you are the one that will move to the person that will help you. But that is man's mentality. He said the woman, even though she's the one that is offering the help, she was practically begging to help him. How many times have you begged people to assist them? You want to give somebody something and then the person say, don't worry, don't worry, and then you go away. And the next thing is, uh, what's wrong with him? I want to help him. And he's uh, making yanga, he's making shakara. How many times have you compelled and convinced people? You know they need assistance. You know this thing will be good for them. The Bible says that she begged him. Fine, you might want to think in your head that because uh, it was a prophet. We know that as Christians, we are all what? We are priests. Every child of God is a priest and every one of us qualified to be begged to be assisted. It says she begged him. And then what happens? He says in verse 9, then she said to her husband, I know that after begging for the person to eat, to, to be eating, just come and branch and eat. Now she's saying to the husband, I know that the one who often passes by here is a holy man of God. So let's make a small room upstairs and put a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp there for him. Whenever he comes, he can stay there. Verse 11. One day he came there and stopped and went to the room upstairs and lied down. He ordered his attendant, Gehazi, called the Shunammite woman. So he called her and she stood before him. Then he said to Gehazi, say to her, look, you have gone to all this trouble for us. What can we do for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or 
to the commander of the army. Elijah recognized what the woman had done. And he felt that this woman has gone through stress. This woman had labored for my sake. She had worried for my well-being. I want to return a favor to her. He said, can I speak to Buari for you? Just imagine, if somebody comes to you and say, ah, you, are, you helped me in the past, what can I do for you? Can I speak to Buari? In fact, before I finish mentioning Buari, you say yes. He says, can I speak to the king? I have connection with the king. I have connection with the army commander. What do you want? Can I help you with something? What did the woman say? He says, she answered, I am living among my own people. I am living among my own people. Another version says that she said that she is living well. That she is comfortable. I am living among my own people. So he asked her, then what should we... Okay, was asking the Gazi. But the version that I, uh, I saw said that the woman... You know, we have already said that a, she's a prominent person. The woman said, I have all that I need. She wasn't just prominent. She wasn't just notable. She wasn't just rich. But she had all that she needs. If you go further, the Bible says Elijah called Gazi. What can we do to this woman? And Gazi answered. He said, actually, she has no son. And her husband is old. Somebody that has no son. But she says, I have all that I need. The only reason why she would have said that, because they say the husband is old. She must have trusted, 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 and at a point, she had given up hope. She must have trusted and trusted and trusted, and at a point, she become content with where she are. She's just like this. Increase had come. 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 And then the increase is here. But there is still room for an overflow. But she did not realize that there is room for an overflow. She says, I'm content with where I am. What is going on in your life at this hour? Have you platooed and given up on getting a wife, getting a husband? Have you platooed? Or you are becoming content with that state where you don't have a child? Or you have come to believe that I have struggled and I have worked, but at this stage I believe my income cannot increase again. I cannot be promoted in the office. I cannot do this. I cannot do that. And then you play to at that point. Your cup is filled, but there is no overflow. You are content with that position that you have found yourself. That one was contented with that position. But because she has, because she had come to this level, that also qualifies her for an overflow. So it's not only lack that qualifies you for an overflow. When you get to a stage where you become content with your situation, my dear, you qualify for an overflow. The Bible says that even at that point, why she said she had everything that she needs. Elisha was still talking to Gehazi. What do you think we can do for this woman? May God raise people in your life that even when you think that there is no way, when you come to a situation where you are contented with what you are going through, when you have accepted the status quo, that this one, there will be burden in their hearts concerning you. Burden in their heart for you to move on. Burden in their heart for you to increase. Burden in their heart for you to get that overflow. May that be your testimony in the name of Jesus. That you sit down in an office and then you have given up hope because you feel by the policy of the office 
That you cannot rise beyond this point. You cannot get this race. May hearts be troubled for your sake. May hearts be troubled for your sake. Even though she gave Elijah the response that she felt was right. Yet Elijah was not satisfied. There was still a yearning. This one can still experience something. There could still be an increase that will bring an overflow. Just flash in my heart to drink that thing, but I'm not going to drink it. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, you need people like that around you. Do you, fool, do you feel that you are full? If you feel that you are full, if you feel that your bands are full, if you feel that you have all that you have uh, 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 prayed for, all that you have aimed at, it qualifies you for an overflow. You can go a step further and trust God for an overflow. Hallelujah. So you notice that in just this one chapter, there was two stories about the overflow. And one did not stop the other. Another person's overflow will not stop your own overflow. There is plenty from where it's coming from. So it's not time to begin to feel jealous. It's not time to begin to say, ah, God, when is my, it will come. It will come. It is not time to begin to wonder, it seems, is this family alone? No, young will come. He says, Elisha met her, told her what to do. She had an overflow. He came down, verse 8, met another person. Your overflow would come. I just want you to begin to picture, to have a picture of what you are expecting from God. Of what the word overflow means. Whatever face. You might be in the face where I point some here. But just know that it will continue to increase. He says this is the year of our overflow. So he has started something that will bring an increase in your life. Okay, let me quickly touch on that. Then we, we, we go on. The Bible says that the woman did what? The, the woman complained. He cried out to Elijah. Because this is an area also that we have issues. We love miracles more than the process. But there is nobody that is sustained from beginning to the end by miracles. Being in sound health... It's better than falling sick every day and praying and receiving miracles. Your ability to keep yourself in good health. Even though the man's mindset is like, ah, that hand grew out after he prayed. There's a hand that never caught. A hand that never withered. A hand that never had issues. That for years the hand was healthy. We love miracles, fine. But that is not how we are sustained from beginning to the end. So he said to the woman, he said, go inside. Get as many uh, 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 vessels as you can. Shut the door and start what? And start pouring. And then she kept pouring. And then until all the vessels, all the vessels were filled. You know, at times I feel like I've shared uh, uh, this testimony too, too, too often. But you know, there's no, uh, uh, it's not wrong to remind us of some things. And what we have also discovered is, whether I like it or not, new people are added to the church. The fact that you have heard it before does not mean they should not hear it. I remember when I first stumbled on this um, story. I'm jumping the gun, but permit me, maybe it's for somebody. When I first I, I, I got to this point, I was in Ife. I can't forget. Room 002, Annex, Obafemi, Aulawa Hall. And I read the scripture. And I started wondering, how can this be? It's practically impossible. 
how can you tell me that uh, if I arrange cups and start pouring this Coke inside the cups, this bottle will not be empty? For God's sake, this is 50 liters. Uh, 50 cl, sorry. Uh, And then I have cups that uh, might be up to 150 cl or 250 cl, and I will use just 50 cl and be filling the cup. So I started visualizing it. And I visualized it to the bottom. And I was wondering, where is the liquid coming out from? Where is the oil coming out from? And I said to myself, go possible. Because humanly it wasn't possible. Sincerely, I said go possible. And a funny thing happened to me. As a student, if you know guys, we don't cover our pot with the right cover. If you see, if you see a guy that wants to cook and look for the real cover of the pot and put it on it, maybe I stayed too long with the mom or he stayed with grandmothers. So you just put the pot and then you look for, most times the cover is always like this at the top. So I was boiling rice that day. If you know what we eat in school, it's concussion. So it's not, so, the onion, the pepper, and then the oil. And then I was boiling it. And then I placed the cover on it. And while I was boiling it, I discovered that the cover came up. So I looked at it. I didn't say anything. It came up again. So I just removed the cover. I said, I have uh, cooked more than what I used to cook. So I brought out a second pot. I placed it by the side, just on the floor. You know, you have your stove, you have the, and then it was, so I scooped it and put it in that pot. And then I covered it again. And then it came up again the second time. And then I removed it again. Ah! How did I manage to cook excess? Students don't cook excess, if you know where we are coming from. So I scooped it the second time. And then I started visualizing that second pot that, okay, when I'm done, I'll put that one on fire and, 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 and cook that one also. And then the thing came up the third time. And it kept coming up until I filled the second pot. It was at that time I realized, because I just said in my heart, it is possible. I cast my mind back to that story. And I looked at the pot. And I was afraid. (laughs) So when this pot was filled up, this guy stopped swelling up again. So the guy was done. I brought it down to put this other one on top. I tasted it. It was done too. That kind of gist. You know, they tell anybody. I just share rice for for guys in the house, in in, in, in the room. How can that happen if not by a miracle? When it comes to an overflow, it's beyond what you can see physically. It's as good as this bottle connected spiritually to the source in the heavens. This is all you see. But that which is coming from the reserve bank in heaven... It's more than this. It's more than this. Hallelujah. So we just trust him. And I want you to see something in that story also. After they were done, he says he went and told the man of God. And he said, go, sell the oil, pay your debts, you and your son can live on the rest. And I started thinking again, for how long will the rest sustain them? But the truth is this, the prophet was trying to teach them how to generate and sustain wealth. He gave them the oil. You know, I said that 
Poverty and lack does not respect your relationship with God. He gave them the oil. He said, go and sell and live on it. If you don't know how to make profit, how to increase, how to generate, when God places something in your hand and you don't know how to manage it, you don't have that financial intelligence to manage that thing, to make profit out of that thing, you will fall back into that level. So when increase come, when overflow come, learn common sense and manage it. Don't blow it lao lao. Because it's that that has come that you are supposed to manage and use to reproduce more. If you don't know how to manage, go and ask people. If you don't know how to do business and what you have in your hands is something that will help you uh, to do business, that you can do business with, go and learn how to do business. A lot of times, all of us, we have the resources, but we have not learned the skill. We have refused to learn how to uh, manage that thing and continually increase in it. There's nobody that has not experienced overflow at one point or the other. But when the overflow comes, what do you do? Instead of thinking of how to reproduce, how to increase, you just fire it. That is when you remember that you need to replace your car. Your car that is functioning well, taking you to the office. This has not given you a problem in the last one and the half years. In fact, the tire, as bad as Nigerian road is, the tire is still okay and working fine. You have not changed the tire in the last six months. As bad as the road are. But because you experience an overflow, instead of you to sell and make more profit, instead of you to learn to use it to maintain and to learn to use it to increase, you just throw it away. Another one will come. God is not a magician. Hallelujah. So the prophet told him, the reason for this overflow is because you are in lack. Let's settle that lack first. But we know you will also need more after you have settled that lack. So we have made more available. That more that is available, sell it and make a living out of it. Overflow will definitely come. How are you going to manage it? Are you prepared for it? Do you have the required skill to use it to make a living? Which area of your life are you experiencing? Are you expecting that overflow? Hallelujah. Are there some things I also noted here? I think I still have some time. I looked at that story and I wanted to break down that story. And the first thing I saw in that story was what I just explained. That for every overflow, there is a source. There is a source. And the source is God. The source is God. Source is ever, uh, God is ever constant in every overflow experience. So if you want to tap into an overflow, what idea do you have of God? You know, I just said you should look beyond this. You should look beyond what is physically available. You should look beyond what is physically available. I remember during camp meeting that Reverend was telling me that something is before me. But I should not be afraid that the thing is actually like this. So it's something I can actually cross. But if you don't know, I will think the thing is over me, is above me. And then I'll be looking at it. And that is how it will look like if I'm looking at it with my own strength, with my own ability, if I'm looking at it with the indices around me. If you are expecting an overflow, if you are trusting God for an overflow, you should get to a level where you connect with him. The one that his resources are unlimited. You should get to a level where you connect with him. The one that the heart of the king is in his hand, he can change it to any direction. 
You should get to a level where you connect with him. The one that speaks and it comes to pass. You should get to a level where you see beyond the bottle. Beyond the container. And see God behind everything. Because if you look at it with the eyes of men. Nothing uh, 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 will make you believe that anything can happen. Let me just share this testimony. We, my daughter and my wife applied for a visa recently, and then somehow, somehow, before we, before they applied, there was a reason for a delay. We didn't know that passport, getting passport is now almost like two months. So my wife had to wait for my daughter so they can apply together. And by the time they finally got to make the application, they told them that it would take six weeks. But she had waited, believing that visa takes two weeks. Six weeks would disrupt a lot of plans. It is not only that it's taking six weeks. That was when Ukraine issue was going on. They were coming into the UK and then uh, they were saying that they stopped issuing a particular kind of visa. There was so many things around. Even when she got to the uh, place she wanted to make, uh, 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 to drop the application, it was boldly written there that application will be processed in six weeks. It was everywhere. And then what do we do? We just prayed. She called my daughter. Be praying, no. Hallelujah. And then we, we prayed. And then at that point, I sensed in my heart that it was going to come early. Because I started praying that whatever, whenever it's going to come, it must not disrupt the date of their travel. I don't want to care when it will come. But it should come before the date of their travel. And then all of a sudden she got a mail that her passport is ready. She should come and collect her passport. And then she called me and she said, I'm scared. I said, why? He said, it's exactly two weeks from the date I submitted my passport. I think they've bounced me. I think they've just attended to... I said, but we prayed. We prayed. We prayed. And then, lo, we got there. And the passport was ready. And there was a visa in it. And there was not just a visa in it. My daughter applied and paid for a six-month visa. I was telling her that I would love her to travel again. But that trip will be after the visa had expired. So she will need to apply again. But when we opened her passport, they gave her two years visa. Somebody that paid for six months. What I'm trying to say is this protocols policies if you can just look beyond this I remember my wife talking to a, uh, uh, one of our friends and she was uh, telling her concern and the friend said look that the British people are strict they are detailed they take their time to look at things but I had a story of somebody that applied for a two years visa. He said, I didn't just hear. The person is my friend. That was what she was telling my wife. And they gave that person a 10 years visa. He said, the person got to the airport. And when she got to the airport, he said, they stopped her and they held the visa. How can they give you 10 years? They checked inside the system. The system says two years. They called Nigeria, called everybody. They said, we gave her 10 years. Let her go. And she said to my wife, that's the only person I've heard. But God can break protocols for your sake. And God did break protocols. As you expect the overflow, see beyond the container. See the source. See the one that is responsible for everything that happens. The one that can change things. The one that can speak and things will change. You see, don't worry. The person is just human. Whatever the person says is irrelevant. If God needs to move that person for you to move on, God will move it. 
he will move that person. So don't worry. Don't worry. Don't, don't begin to think that that person is the one that can decide your fate in that place. That person cannot. Look beyond the container. Look beyond the container. Look beyond the container. The fact that the man had said that you cannot go beyond this place, it qualifies you for what? For an overflow. It qualifies you. It qualifies you. It qualifies you. It qualifies you. He said, God, God's power has given us everything we need to lead a godly life. Everything. 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 I want you to have an image. I want you to have an image. I want you to have an image. If you look at that, that overflow, Elijah said to, to, to her, he said, what do you have? Apart from the source, there's always a substance. There's always something. He says, what do you have? She said, just a jar. A jar of oil. Remember when Jesus fed the 5,000? He said to his disciples, they said, it's evening. So what should we do? Let's send them home to go and eat. And he said to the disciples, he said, what do you have? What is on ground here? It's 5,000 men. Apart from the women and the children. But if you want to use this uh, 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 period to judge it, you know in every gathering, the women are always... So definitely the women will be more than 5,000. Maybe 7,000. And then they will drag their children along. Let's go for a miracle. In the midst of all that, he said, what do you have? There is always a substance. There is always a substance. They say we have five loaves and two fishes. Five loaves and two fishes. And what happened? That substance brought forth abundance. Let's look at John chapter 6. In John chapter 6 uh, from verse 5. John chapter 6. It says, then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming towards him. He said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that this may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he will do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them. That every one of them may have a little. If we buy this much, they can't even have a bite. He said, one of his disciples, Andrew, uh, uh, Simon, Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five belly loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? So there is always a substance. So I'm announcing to you that there is a substance in your hand that qualifies you, that God can use to bring an overflow in your life. There is something. There is something. There is something. There is something. Five loaves. Two fishes. There is something. A jar of oil. There is something. What is that that you have in your hand? There is something. When Moses was facing that, that red sea, there was something. God does not leave you without anything in your hand. There is always something. 
The fact that he has declared that this year is the year of the overflow for us. There is something in your hand that he can use to bring about that overflow. To bring about that overflow. So we talked about the source. We talked about the substance. And then we're talking about you, the receiver. The problem is not with the source. Because the source is constant. The source is unlimited. The source cannot be exhausted. exhausted. He created the heavens and the earth. And he gave us enough. And then from two, we have increased to how many billions? And yet he has not added anything to what he has created. He gave us enough. The source can never, can never run dry. So the source is not the problem. Also, the substance is not the problem because wherever you find yourself, there is something in your hand. It might just be your time. It might be your talent. But what happens? We see what uh, uh, the receiver does. He said to the woman, what is that that you have? What was her response? She said, I have nothing. A lot of times you don't see. A lot of times you come to the conclusion that you are nothing. That you don't have anything. Yet there is something that God has put in your hands. That will bring about increase and will bring about overflow. But you say to yourself, I'm just a common hairdresser. You say to yourself, I'm just a common driver. There is something. We were discussing with um, Sister Lode yesterday. And then we were talking about... Uh, I think we... we on the Livestone platform, we're talking about um, parents choosing career. And then we went back and forth. And somehow, somehow, the married one among us was pitched against the singles just to make sure uh, discussion uh, continues. But he said something uh, very interesting. He said, one of the things that we don't understand, even though children at times might feel that the parent made a mistake, you feel you want to sing. And your dad forces you to go to school. And then you are in the university and you are saying, it's because of my dad, this is not what I want. I want to be singing. But you don't realize that that school gave you a platform, gave you connection, make you meet people and develop a a, a network such that when you come out, and then you sing those people that have seen you, those people that you have sang for, those people that you have done one or two things for while you are in school, they are the one that will publish you. That one that will come for you. You hear the story of cakes and creams. She only did a cake for somebody. And then they had their party. And then they were wondering, who made this cake? Who made this cake? And everybody in school were make cake for, make cake for, make cake for. I, I don't know what she read. Maybe law or something. But she's into cake business. There is something. There is something. There is something. It might just be a connection. She told me of somebody that the father forced to study quantity surveyor here. It, the father had to seize the passport. And when she, the guy was done, the guy has become big. And the guy reached out to a fellow schoolmate abroad that was barely surviving after years abroad brought him back taught him how to learn uh, how to make interlocking he said I'm into properties I get the properties you make the interlocking and then the money will flow there is something that guy even though he was in lack abroad he had a connection there is something God does not leave you without anything Just pray and say to God, open my eyes to see. Let me know that which you have put in my hand. That woman said that there is nothing. And then by the time he will qualify what God has put in her hand, he said, ah, except just you commonize what God has put into your hand. You commonize that which God wants to use to expand you, to increase you. He asked the disciples, what do we have here? He said, we don't have anything. The challenge is the receiver most times doesn't see anything because you think it has to be big. God is interested in that little thing. 
He said, except these five loaves of bread and two fishes, what can this do among so many? What can this do among so many? What do you have in your hand and you say, how can this transform my life? You've heard of the Moimoy woman that, that had to make Moimoy for Obama. Just with Moimoy. From the place of lack, from the place of pain, from the place of struggle, from the place of believing God. Whatever you have, it's worth it. Whatever you have, is worth it. Whatever he has placed in your hands, don't, don't, don't commonize it. Don't commonize it. Don't commonize it. Don't commonize it. So you need to begin to uh, uh, reorientate yourself concerning the overflow. You must see a picture. A picture that is bigger than you. A picture of what you are expecting. A picture of what you want to see. A picture of what you want to see. And then if I continue to pour, what happens? It gets to a point. It starts overflowing. It starts overflowing. But this is not the kind of overflow that God promised us. It's not an overflow that overflows to waste. It is not. He said, go borrow a vessel. Borrow not a few. And then they began to pour it. They didn't pour it on the floor. They poured it in the vessel. 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 The oil did not cease until they felt they wanted to cease. If she had had more vessel, the oil would continue. He says, bring me another vessel. He says, we have no more vessel. And then the oil stopped. As, more as, they, as long as they continue to pour, the oil will, what, will continue to flow. As more as you continue to fill others, as more as you continue to give, as more, look at that woman. That woman said, I have all that I have. But she recognized that she can she didn't recognize, but through her giving, she activated the overflow. She didn't sit with what she has. She said, let me give you. And then she began to give. And I'm sure it wasn't only uh, uh, the prophet that she gave. So also the woman, they began to, uh, 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 she, she began to pour from one vessel. How many people have you poured into? The only time that the source ceases is when you don't have where you want to pour into. As long as you are pouring into somebody's life, as long as you are giving into somebody's life, as long as you are expressing, and it might be your talent, it might be your money, it might be anything, as long as you are giving, the overflow will never cease. The source will never stop. Jesus said, where will we get bread to feed the swans? They say only five loaves among many. Bring it. And he said to his disciples, let them sit 50 by 50. And I said, I like to imagine things. And then they brought bread, agege bread, and then the fishes. And then he called the disciple, and then he caught the bread, gave it to the disciple. Visualize agege bread. Do you have agege bread here? Please, please let me, let me, let me, let me. You need to you need to have an image. You need to have an image. Please let me have two people or three. Please, thank you. You need to have an image. Please come. So they sat. Come. They sat. Fifty by fifty. Fifty by fifty. Fifty by fifty. He called his disciples. I'm Jesus. He called his disciples. And then he did this. He did this. He did this.
Hallelujah. So, Hallelujah. So the disciples are human. They must have done this, even though it wasn't recorded. I want you to have an image. So he has given them the bread. He said, go and share. When I distributed the bread, was it the same size with the bread I was holding? So they distributed this bread amongst over 5,000 people. Let's assume that the women were uh, 1,000. So we have 6,000. So this bread for 2,000 people. Just this bread. What must have happened? Remember this principle. This guy is connected to the source. So he didn't finish. So as they keep cutting the bread, it didn't reduce in size. As they keep cutting the bread, it didn't reduce in size. As they keep cutting and sharing, it didn't reduce in size. The Bible says that, another portion, it said they ate and they were filled. So in a group of 50, she goes to a group and she cuts and this guy cuts and eats and this one cuts and the bed refused to reduce and they were eating until they were filled. The group of 50 and then it continued and then it continued. As long as you keep giving, the source will not cease. God is not a waster. And then when they were done, there were leftover. He said, pack them. Why? Because it's not a waster. They still have 12 bags. It's not going to overflow and mess up. He's expecting that it overflows from you to somebody else. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. 